Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution by uniting mission-driven humans. And that is what I have for you today. I'm welcoming mission-driven human Emily Kaufman to the TNT mic. She is an author, a podcaster, and a young professional. Today, we are going to talk about all things changing identity and how to manage that. We talk a lot specifically around transitioning from being a D1 athlete to an everyday human and how hard that transition is on our identity. But really in life, we're going to face many identity changes as we move along. So this is some great pro tips and conversation around how to handle that identity shift and really to embrace the idea of joy and letting go and the thought that the next best thing is yet to come. Enjoy this conversation and be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts and the video will be on YouTube. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Hi guys, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. It has been a minute. We took a little time away. We're back on the mic. I'm super excited. Today, we have a fabulous guest in the house, I should say, I mean, via Zoom, as we do post-COVID. But uh, it's been a minute, so I'm excited to have some FaceTime and get back on the mic and share some positive vibes. There are many amazing things moving in this world, and I'm excited, as you know, if you listen to Tumor and Tequila, when I see our young people making big moves. So without further ado, I want to introduce Emily Kaufman. She is a former NCAA Division I athlete. She was a rower. She holds a BS from the University of Oklahoma. She was awarded the OU Student Athlete of the Year in her senior year and was on the Big 12 academic team for four years. She also served on the Student Athletic Council Advisory, which I also did in college. And I always thought it was hilarious. They called it the SAC. Um, We'll save the maturity for a different podcast. Uh, But over this, she's also written a book, which we're going to talk about today. She's a fitness enthusiast and she's a fellow podcaster. So Emily is checking all the boxes, doing things. And what's exciting about this conversation is we have a lot in common. I was also a D1 athlete, um, but we're about 20 years apart. So to see what Emily's doing and the opportunity she's creating like right out of college is so awesome. Humans like her literally give me so much faith in the world and what's coming at us next because our young people are in the mix. They're just so much farther ahead of where I was when I was getting out of college. I was pretty intentional about starting a business and doing my thing. So without further ado, Emily, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Yeah, that was a fantastic introduction. Thanks for having me, Kristen. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the Cliff Notes version too. Um, so we were we met through a podcast camp, which is hilarious. And Emily started to like tell me her story. And I'm a, a massive advocate of life skills through sports. So when she started to tell her story about being a rower and some adversity she had overcame, we didn't get to finish it. So this podcast is really selfishly for me to hear the rest of her amazing story. But Emily, why don't you give us the quick 411 on your background? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I was a division one athlete and, you know, as all athletes are, I was hundred percent dedicated. Everything was focused on my sport. And then when I graduated, I left my sport thinking I was ready to move on. And I ran into all of these struggles along the way. I didn't touch a gym for a long time. I wasn't feeling ambitious, all of that. And then finally, about two years after I graduated, I found this love for podcasting because it was very similar to my role in athletics. I was a coxswain, so I always had a microphone. So this was like the perfect next step. And I realized as I started, you know, growing this podcast that was focused on fitness and motivation of healthy living, 
The people that were tuning in weren't people that were brand new to the space. People that were tuning in were also other former athletes that were struggling with this. And I thought in my head, I was like, this is crazy that all of us spent so much time like working on our bodies and working out and being in shape. And now here we are, even just a few years graduated and a completely different person. So that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, I have a podcast and book talking all about the transition from being a competitive athlete to now an everyday athlete. I love it so much. And it is such a psychological shift when you, because if you're a young athlete, you go in, you start playing, let's say middle school, high school, whatever. I actually started playing my collegiate sport later in my life, meaning like high school, because lacrosse wasn't offered, uh, you know, all over the place in Colorado. And that's actually why I went to a school out East. But I, so I started a little bit later. So I wasn't, I will say as burnt out as some of my fellow competitive athletes, but you start young and it just becomes so ingrained in your identity. And now 20, 25 years later, kids are even specializing in one sport even more. When I grew up, you did like soccer in the spring and in the fall and then lacrosse in the spring or feel like like you mix it up. Now it's just so competitive. You start so early specializing and just doing summer and then winter ball and then high school. And it's, you're doing so much. And so the second it stops and you reach that goal or you graduate, you're like, who am I? How do I even describe myself? And not having any sort of skill set to even know that your identity is about to shift or like who you know yourself as is going to change is really, really hard. When the second you graduated, what was kind of like step one or when did it hit you where you're like, I'm no longer a rower? Yeah. So I left completely burnt out. I was That's ready to was. be done. And I thought that, you know, I was ready for this next step and I was going to leave it all behind. Like I was ready to close that chapter of my life. But what I didn't realize is that when you're leaving sports, it's, a still a grieving process. There's a lot of loss that has to go on with it. And so you lose your community, your mentors, your hobby, your job, you know, is my scholarship. Like I lost all of these things at once. And so I didn't realize, and I didn't realize I was like going through this grieving process until it was about a year after. And I was working a nine to five and I introduced myself to new coworker. And I was like, Oh yeah. You know, like I used to be a division one athlete and they were like, Oh, okay. So like what gyms do you like around here? And that's what it hit me. I was like, Oh, I, I actually don't work out anymore. And that is something that like the old me would have felt so guilty about. And so just like ashamed of even of like, I can't believe I went from being so disciplined to now I didn't really have any goals anymore. I wasn't really taking care of myself. I wasn't pushing myself. I wasn't feeling motivated. And it took me a while to actually relate that back to the fact that I didn't have sports in my life anymore, because in my head, you know, I was over that. I, I didn't want to do rowing anymore. But what I didn't realize is that there were still parts of sports that I could include in my day to day life. It didn't have to be this like, yeah, I'm going to compete for 40 hours a week again. Like there can be a happy medium. Absolutely. Well, the, the bright side about sports is some of those things you learn the life skills so early, you don't know, like teamwork and discipline and commitment and scheduling, showing up on time and having your uniform ready or whatever. You learn all this stuff and then you naturally, it's a group of friends. Like it's a, it's a phenomenal filter to bring like-minded mission-driven humans into your world. So of course you click and they become your family and your friends, you spend all this time. And so it tees up all these things that other, I will say non-athletic playing humans or, or really even like theater or any sort of hobby, the second you get out of it, you, you have to learn some of those skills of like how to make friends outside of your hobby or your sport. And, and you have to pick up life skills in another arena. So in some capacity, it puts you so far ahead. In others, it brings you back to square one, which I actually think is a good evolutionary process to kind of go through because in life, our identity is going to change many times. And people don't want to hear that because you want to get to a spot 
you know, traditionally you'll graduate high school, you go to college, you get married, you have a kid, you do all this. Nowadays, very few people's trajectory really works out like that. And any person over 50, if you say, well, I had a plan, it didn't go like this, they'll laugh at you because they'll say, you know, nothing goes to plan. There's no such really thing as a plan. We can only control so many things. Um, when did you like really have the point of recognizing athletics and how it brings to our physical health? Uh, it kind of goes away from your life and you can have physical changes in your body. But what about your mental health? I'm curious as once you quit playing and whatnot, I wasn't super aware of my mental health at this point when I graduated, but I kind of like you, I took a break um, from getting back into fitness. How was your mental health going through this process? Oh, it was all over the place. It was like a roller coaster. Because <laughs> yeah. as I mentioned, you know, I left sports already being in this dark place. I already left, you know, almost at this rock bottom. I wouldn't call it, you know, like a huge rock bottom, but I was just so like, I felt trapped in the position I was in. So anything else, anything that wasn't, you know, having to play the sport that I had like already committed to and I couldn't quit because I was on scholarship. I was like, okay, this must be brighter out there. But as we mentioned, you know, I didn't go to the gym. And so what happens when people go through grief is usually that brings up feelings of depression and anxiety, which I was feeling. And what I didn't know at the time was that my outlet was exercise. That was how I would relieve my stress. And so I heightened the grief. I took away my outlet, which was working out. And so I was just all over the place, just trying to cope without knowing why I needed to. I I just thought, oh, well, maybe I'm unhappy right now because you know, I'm at an entry level job because I'd never even had an internship or part-time job because I was an athlete and all my friends did. So I was like, maybe that's why I feel behind. Maybe it's because I moved somewhere new. I, you know, moved from college town in Oklahoma to Boston. And so I, I was almost blaming all these other things. I was like, oh, that must be the reason why. But it was really something so simple as I no longer had a routine. I no longer had healthy habits. I was no longer moving my body. And so that's what like flicked the light switch on for me is once I started doing those little things for myself again, I got that ambition back that I had when I was an athlete. That's really awesome. And it's hard to have that light flick on. Was there anyone around you, your family or friends or person, people in your life that were like, that started to notice changes or did you notice how you were interacting with people differently? I'm I'm sure they did notice differences. They just didn't bring it up to me. You know, at that point you're just like, oh, you know, I don't know how to help them. And I also feel like this isn't an issue that's talked about a lot, right? right? Like we know about the issues of competing athletes with mental health. That's something that's being talked about a lot more. But also there's mental health struggles with the athlete that can no longer compete. Like I graduated out of it, but people have to stop competing because of injury, Mm -hmm. because they got cut, because of COVID we've just seen. Like there are so many reasons that a career can be cut short. And, you know, even though I didn't think I'd miss my sport, I still did. And I didn't want to admit it because then I'm like, oh, then I'd be wrong. But You know, I think that it was obvious, but just no one knew how to pinpoint it to like, oh, this is former athlete mental health. It's like this new bucket almost. Right. Well, I had no idea what was coming. And so I tore my ACL my sophomore year. So I was like, I don't know, 18, 19 at that time or 20, however old you are at your sophomore year. And I was a little bit older for my grade because I was an October baby. Anyways, um, I had no idea like how wrapped up my identity was until I was injured, as you were saying, and my, and I couldn't play. I tore my ACL and missed, like I did everything and I was out and my recovery was like an extra year. It was like a, a lot and I had all these weird complications. 
I eventually got back and I got a, a red shirt. So by the time fifth year came around, like I was like you, I was like way done. And I was like 23. I was old for my grade. So I was just over it. I wasn't there to take rules anymore. And the boss thing and the whole thing was done. But I had my identity shift wasn't that big at graduation. I was okay with it because when I turned my ACL, that was when like the ball dropped and I was down to like 135 pounds. I couldn't play with my teammates, like my whole community, my whole world around me. I traveled 2000 miles to go to the school to compete. I had instantaneously been taken away. And that's when I really experienced that deep devastation of like, if I don't play lacrosse, I don't even know what I do or who I am. And on the flip side, I don't love that it happened because I'm still dealing with some knee residuals, which are all good now. But I'm so thankful I learned some of those skills early on that by the time graduation came, my transition from, you know, athlete to entrepreneur or whatever I was calling myself then was a little bit easier. I want you to share a little bit about your initial, um, I guess, coming into sports or why a coxswain also, if people don't know rowing, that's the person at the front. I want to say the front of the ship, but at the front of the boat, um, leading the crew. Am I explaining that correctly? Yeah. So basically I wasn't actually rowing, but I'm the small person that sits at the back of the boat and I'm instructing everyone. So I'm steering, I'm more of the coach than an athlete. So can you share why you took on that role specifically? If I'm remembering your story correctly. Yeah. So I was always competitive. And as you mentioned, you know, if you're an athlete, you've always been an athlete. So I played so many different sports growing up and I was really big into dance and volleyball. And then in high school, I went to get a surgery for my knee It's just a very routine surgery. And I didn't react well to the medicine or they hit a nerve, something like that. So I ended up being in a wheelchair for like six months. And my parents who like, thank God for them, because I didn't even know what rowing was. My mom was like, actually, I think I know a sport and a position that you could do even without needing to be athletic. So they like had signed me up for rowing and it was like the perfect fit ever since. I I mean, that's so amazing. It's such a phenomenal example too of number one, facing adversity, but truthfully, like we are in so little control of what's going on around us. Like we can, there's a great quote, life is 90%, um, or 90% what happened. Life is 90% what happens. No, yeah, like 90% life is 10% what happens, 90% what happens to you. We're getting late in the day here. Um, but the point is, is that you had a situation and your mom, God bless her, had the right appropriate reaction. Like we're dealt these hands of cards. We can't do anything about it, but there is a solution and you innovate, you figure it out. And it's cool. I think that you saw that as a young human, probably learned more than you even knew of how to deal with adverse situations and and audible, like change, change the path. Did that impact you as a young person? How old were you at that time? I was 16 when that happened. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that had to be huge. I mean, that's like driving age, high school, like you're still kind of growing through like puberty. Like there's so many changes, like middle school to high school, uh, let alone all of a sudden you wake up and you're in a wheelchair for six months. That's a massive identity shift in itself. Yeah. Cause you know, as we mentioned, like all your friends are around it. My whole identity was it. So luckily, you know, I was able to jump from one sport to another. So I kind of like picked back up where I started. But then that's almost like once I left my college sports, I'm like, okay, now I need to find that in the real world. And so I almost thought like my first full-time job was going to be like that. I was like, oh, it's going to be just like my teammates. Like we're going to hang out all the time. We'll be best friends. We'll do like team building activities. And then I quickly learned, I'm like, oh no, like there is nothing after that. Like, you know, every point of my life, I was like, oh, I know the next step. I know the next step. And then that was the first like, oh, I don't know the next step. Yeah. Well, and I really encourage people while that's overwhelming and daunting to get a little excited about that because 
it's not predicted for you. And in and today, in this day and age, like anything is possible. Like you can literally, like the job you might hold down the road might not even exist yet. My entire career, my company, I never would have understood what it was in high school. Like if you told me podcaster, I'd be like, uh, what spin again? Like whatever that is, like, no, I don't even get it. So it's, you just kind of have to like be open to what's happening. And like your situation where you went from wheelchair to coxswain to like your identity in college, you don't know how it's going to shake out. So you just kind of have to keep showing up. Um, I think it's just so cool that your parents had such good foresight and how to manage that. And that really did kind of prep you for these things. And now you have a book about it, um, elite to everyday athlete, uh, if I said that correctly, mm-hmm. and you can kind of help, you know, usher in this conversation and help people kind of streamline this journey. And what I think is so important is not just getting over it that one time. Again, it's being able to apply that skill set as we get older. Cause I've lost my identity many times. I went from the cross player entrepreneur, which has always kind of been in the back of my mind. Then I got heavy into CrossFit. And then when I was done with that, it's like, okay, wait, now I'm just doing business. And, th- and I really had to find my athletic community. Cause just like you said, these, my, business humans, and I do a lot in health and wellness, we're not necessarily like my athletic human. So we didn't have a ton in common and there's no better or worse, but it just wasn't like the same kind of crew. So you have to figure out how to do that. But on the flip side, I got to meet a lot of different kinds of people and learn a lot of different sorts of things. Um, is there any major tip that you have if you're out there and you're in an identity shift, and again, this can be from sports, it could be from marriage to divorce or divorce to marriage. I mean, there's so many, maybe you're a new mom. There's so many points where your whole world switches, but is there one thing you've learned thus far that's like a really good tip to kind of help in that transition? Yeah, what I always like to go back to and what I always think about is think about, you know, before you had this identity, like before I was considered an athlete, like that very first day, like I was a beginner at sports, you know, like I had to go through the tryouts. I had to fail and miss the soccer net 10 out of 10 times. And so I feel like when we're at this point of transition and we're about to embark on something new, we forget that we have been a beginner before. We forget that we've had to learn all these skills from scratch, that we had to be humbled, that we didn't have an ego or identity. And so I like to remind myself of that because it's like, you've already done it before. And yes, this time might be different. Yeah, it might be a different transition or something that you've never done. But that's where the excitement is, as you were saying. That's where you can embrace the fact that this is a transition and you're not just going to get to one point and be like, okay, yeah, I'm jumping from here to here, but actually enjoying that process. So well said. We have to get back to our young selves because when you're a little authentic self and you don't know any different, you haven't been conditioned by the world yet, you're just making choices. If you want to paint, you paint. If you want to sleep, you sleep. And what you do as a young human really is indicative of what your adult behavior or what your joy will be when you get older. So you have to lean back into that. So many times I turned down scholarships to walk into a top 20 D1 team because I wanted to be competitive and Colorado lacrosse was not on the level of East Coast lacrosse. So I got whooped up my first year, but I knew that. But my young self, there was no, I didn't care. I didn't care how bad it was going to be. I knew it was going to be bad, but whatever. And by my sophomore year, I had a scholarship, but it was a huge, like there was no ego because I had no expectation, but I had no fear because I knew in my mind, whatever happened, we were going to do it. And then I tore myself my sophomore year, but it's a, it was a whole thing, but you just go. So I love that you say that you tap back into like your young, authentic self and you just got to kind of do it and keep showing up is, you know, have you experienced some identity shifts now as you continue to get good at this, you know, from college to sport, to professional, to podcaster, et cetera? Oh yeah. I mean, I try to live this like 
with all of the projects I start or anything that I try new. The podcast, for example, I didn't have a background in it. I don't think anyone does, but Uh, it's it's not something (laughs) that I thought that I'd even enjoy. I wasn't even a big podcast listener, but I just had this calling to do it and it seemed fun. And at the time I was in lockdown during COVID and this was my only way to be social. And so I didn't go into it being like, oh my gosh, I have to have a top ranking podcast and I have to learn every single thing and be the best at it. But I can try it. And if I like it, then I can go on the process of improving. And if I don't, I can also quit and be okay with that. I think that a part of us as like athletes too, of being all or nothing, it's like, Mm -hmm. I have to be good at everything or I can't give up, you know, like you, you can quit things as part of it. And so, you know, I try to do that with everything of just reminding myself, like these things don't have to be permanent, just like athletics, yeah, it's always a part of my identity, but it's not something that I live day to day necessarily. Mm-hmm. Just like I wrote a book and that could be it. I don't have to go on and write another one if I don't want to, but I can always say now that I've done it and I can be happy with that accomplishment. Yes. Well, and ideally, like if, as you as each adventure approaches or a lifestyle cho- choice or identity switch, it's like the next greater version of yourself. And ideally you keep letting it get bigger. And I quite literally started turmeric and tequila because it is about balance as athletes were terrible at it. And that's con- a continuous, you know, <laughs> conversation, education in my world. But more importantly, you just have to understand that you show up, you trust in the process that it's, it's going to keep shifting. It's going to get changing. And, and there's things that are going to be hard. You're going to have injury. You're going to have breakdowns and breakthroughs, but it just keeps getting better. You keep learning and you keep dialing in even more. And everything around you in the age of social media, I hear like you say, I've heard you say social media is not your favorite thing. And many people, my generation say that reality is nothing more than applied meaning. I'm a marketing branding professional. Everything you're consuming around you is telling you what's real and that you need to fit in this box and be this identity and be a mom or be a graduate or be this. You can be an author and a podcaster and a nutritionist and someone that loves tequila and you can be all these things. So I always say, particularly to my young peeps, even though Emily has it figured out and I'm taking tips, keep in mind, you don't have to be anything. Like let the brand go. Just, you are the brand. Like, and I hate even saying that because everything's a brand now, but you just have to kind of be that young human and let however the world digests you around you, who cares? Just keep chasing the joy as cliche as that sounds. Um, exactly. Because <laughs> that's the part with the identity that I struggled so much with athletics. I didn't ha- let myself have another identity. Like, even though, you know, I did a few other things on campus or like I did have other interests. Like I only identified as an athlete though. So now that I can go out and be like, Oh yeah, you know, I have all these different titles or I tried this once and I tried that once. Like (laughs) that's, what's going to allow you to also transition out and into things so much better is not holding on to just that one version of yourself. Yes. If I asked you, what are you right now? How would you, cause the, the problem is how we communicate is like people need labels and boxes. And that's like the struggle, even with our American language. I don't know if you've seen Brene Brown's new um, book, Atlas of the heart. It's really awesome. It talks about language and whatnot. I'm reading it right now. And it's, it's literally marketing and branding, like how we're shaping this world. But the problem is like, that's how we communicate. When someone asks like who you are and what do you do? How do you answer? It's funny because I actually change depending on like who I'm talking totally, to totally. or what situation because I don't want to explain like the whole thing. So, you know, like some people I'll introduce as what I do for my nine to five. Some people I'll, like talk about the podcast and it <laughs> like there's no rhyme or reason. It's just like whatever I'm feeling passionate about that day yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I, you're right. Like so much of like the people that we talk to, they do rely on those labels. So it's hard when you have to put it on yourself. 
Oh, it's so real. Um, I have a million more questions, but I want to be conscious of our time. Emily, let's let's wrap up with this and I'll ask where you find where we find you after this. Um, but what's like a good quote or a good saying or even one more good tip or anything you have for at any point when you're kind of unsure of what's next, but it motivates you to just keep showing up? Ooh. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that pivot point that's so hard. I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. Like what flickers on for me when it's like, I don't know what the hell is next or what I'm going to do, but you just have to find a way to put one foot in the other, in front of the other. Um, I read a poem called Man in the Arena and it's about a worthy cause. It's by, um, uh, oh my God, I was just reading it. I'm drawing a complete bank, blank. Anyway, uh, Theodore Roosevelt. And it's about the worthy, worthy cause and it's a critic that doesn't count. So in other words, find something you care about and who gives a shit what everyone thinks. So that's kind of my go-to. Is there something that kind of helps you flicker over into like that space and just just take the step? Yeah, so for me, it's a quote that I, I put in my book. So I guess I'm quoting myself. Um, but <laughs> for me, I said, sports are about winning. Life is about enjoying because sometimes, you know, when I'm getting to the spot of I am working on so many projects or I'm trying to do a million things and, you know, I'm just trying to go for success or looking at metrics and then I kind of lose enjoyment. And that's where I find motivation is when I'm actually enjoying it. So trying to get to that place of enjoying it and being like, yeah, sports were about competition and winners and losers. But like, that's not how life is and getting myself out of that mindset. Girlfriend, you are ahead of the game. I'm so glad. The beauty of podcasting is like, just like you said, you can get on and just start talking about something, especially if you feel compelled to do it. There's a reason this is happening. There's a reason it's working. There's a reason people are listening. So I am so thankful that humans like you, particularly your age and where you're at, are talking about these things and facilitating the conversation because I truly think it's a game changer and it's helping shift our world uh, back on to track or getting more on track in the direction we actually need to go. Emily, where do we find you? Where do we get your book here? The podcast the swag. Let's talk about the merch. Hit us with all the details. Yeah, well, definitely check out the podcast. It's Live Your Personal Best, all about fitness and healthy living motivation. And then on Instagram, it's at Live Your PB. And you'll have all the links to the book and everything there. Awesome. And I'll, of course, post everything. Check out what she has going on. Emily, perhaps we can reconnect in like a year and I want to see what you have going down. Yes, I'd love to. Thanks for having me on, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.